Good morning. You guys got to be more awake than the last service. Come on. You guys had a couple of cups of coffees by now, right? Good morning. I want to, before I get started, uh, I want to thank uh, uh, Pastor Ben, obviously, and the search team um, as they faithfully seek God to fill the position. Um, and really not to replace Mike, but as much as uh, continue his work. Uh, he's been faithfully serving God here for the last, I believe, 30 years or so. And uh, I'm thankful for that. Uh, I'm thankful uh, for Ben and his friendship, Mike and his friendship, and the search team. And we've had such a great experience. Uh, I've been here twice now. First time I met with the search team, and <clears throat> they were extremely uh, generous, uh, friendly, and loving. And, uh, and it's neat to see how you guys as a church are all on the same page when it comes to uh, our relationship with Christ uh, how God has united you together spiritually to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Uh, I said this in the last service, too. You guys have something very unique going on here, and believe me, you don't see this often. And uh, I say this from experience because I've traveled quite a bit and worked with a lot of churches, and what you have here uh, is very unique. And I'm not saying this so I could get the job, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my job is in God's hands. Uh, ministry, I believe, is, is a calling, and it's a privilege to be here. Um, my wife came with me and my children on this trip, and she's been uh, extremely uh, excited about Rimrock and the Rapid City because none of us had been here before. And when I mentioned to my wife about Rapid City for the first time that there may be an opportunity there, she mentioned the name Fargo. That goes to show you the extent of her knowledge and my knowledge of South Dakota. I said, I think that's in North Dakota, that movie, Fargo. So uh, that's been an ongoing joke for us. Uh, I've been asked to, uh, I've been assigned this morning to share with you my testimony. So you guys kind of get to know me and my family a little bit better. But before we do that, I have selected a passage out of Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, to set as a background that really applies not only to my story, but every one of our stories in that sense. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, Matthew writes that when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? That is the ultimate question that everyone eventually has to answer, correct? Scripture tells us that ultimately at some point every knee will bow and confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Why they make that confession on this side of heaven or we make it on the other side of heaven? There's one problem with making that confession on the other side of heaven, and that is it's too late. There is no second chances once after we die. Uh, unlike some people believe that we go in purgatory and things of that nature, Scripture doesn't teach that. And so we have to be very careful. And this is the very question 
I had to grapple with after I came to know Christ. And I'm going to fill the gap a little bit here for you as far as um, what God kind of uh, took me through. I was born and raised, uh, as I mentioned before, in a country that is very peaceful, loves everybody. We get along with everybody. Uh, and that country happens to be Iran. And I was born in Tehran. Some of you smiling because... You know, I'm joking because uh, we don't get along with anybody at all. Uh, I just came back from there actually a couple of weeks ago, and the only three countries they're working with is Iraq, Syria, and Venezuela. Uh, if you don't know anything about those three countries, I encourage you to kind of go read about them. Uh, they're a little bit out there in the world. So um, I, I grew up in a very loving family. Uh, my, my dad, my mom... Uh, I'm, uh, uh, I have two siblings. I'm the eldest. I have a sister and a brother. And my, my father and my mother, um, they work hard to provide for us uh, and roof, put a roof over us, educate us. And, and, and as a result, because my parents were Muslim, I also grew up a Muslim. As far as I know, my, parent, my, my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, they were all Muslims. And so Islam is what, who we were. Um, we grew up, I, I'm the kid that grew up in a mosque, very much like pastor's kid growing up in the church. I was involved with everything from a small little boy. I remember running around in the mosque constantly as a little kid and then grew up. Uh, I was given the assignment of doing the call for the prayers. As you know, Muslims pray three times a day, right, right, before the sunrise. We want to make everybody, wake everybody up uh, in the afternoon and the evening. Uh, and so I went to private Islamic school. I went to Quran study uh, privately, and, and so they were kind of grooming me to be, uh, for lack of better terms, a holy man in that sense, from a religion, uh, religious perspective in that sense. When I was 15 years old, I was a typical teenager didn't, who didn't like school, and uh, I wasn't doing so well in school, and my parents... Uh, got together and decided to um, figure out how to motivate me to study a little bit more and, and, and do better in school. So they came up with a scheme that if I do well and get all A's, they would pay and send me to the United States for education to finish uh, high school and college and then go back home to visit. And that was the plan initially. Lo and behold, they were not intended to send me to the United States. They were just trying to get me to get good grades in school, and I found this out later. And, and, and let me tell you why. Um, so I remember that year I studied really hard. I got all A's, and, and I remember as soon as I got my report card, I went uh, to my dad's office, and I said, here's my report card. He says, what is this? I said, remember, I want my passport. He goes, what? I said, remember you said like, if I do all A's, get all A's, I'll go to the United States. He goes, okay, okay, okay. So he sent me to the passport office. I was able to get passport. And, and getting a passport is not easy in a third world country. Um, getting a visa, especially to the United States, is not easy in a third world country. And so I got my passport. And, and he was, and at that time, our, the relation between the United States and Iran was starting to crumble slowly but surely. Uh, because you could hear the rumors of revol a revolution coming and stuff like that. And, and so U.S. was, uh, the embassy was kind of getting ready for the wars, unfortunately. And um, 
So I got my passport, went back to his office, said, I need to go get my visa. I need money for that. He goes, what? I said, visa. Remember United States, Dad? Come on, you promised. He goes, okay, okay. He sent me to the embassy, and I, I literally walked up to the embassy, and the guard was standing. He goes, can I help you? I said, yeah, I'm here to get a visa. He goes, oh, okay, come on in. I'm like, really? Just like that? Don't you have to make an appointment? He goes, no, come on in, come on in. So I went in, got the visa, run back to my dad's office, and put it. And he was totally shocked. He was like a deer in a headlight. Uh, and it was just like... And I said, you are going to send me now, right? He's like, I guess. Let me talk to your mom. I'm like, what? So uh, they stood up to their promise, and uh, they sent me to this country grudgingly. My mom was devastated. I was, uh, at that point, I was 15 and a half. I was about to turn 16, and uh, I came to a country, a culture I didn't know anything about. I didn't speak the language, didn't know anybody here except... I had a cousin that lived in San Diego, and he was a professor of physics at San Diego State University. And he took me in kind of for the first year and lived with him and kind of showed me and teach me a little bit. And I attended high school and um, got my degree and began to start in San Diego State University that at that point the revolution took place in Iran. And there was a ch shift uh, in the powers. Shah of Iran was ousted, and the Ayatollah Khomeini came, and the government turned 180 degrees. In the uh, late 1978, uh, early 79, that's when they took hostages. Some of you may remember that. And took over the U.S. Embassy, unfortunately. And at that point, the relations between two countries was severe for, for a good reason. Uh, and so the hostage situation went about over a year. And... Um, so President Carter, in order to retaliate somewhat, froze uh, all of Iranian assets in the country. So I no longer was able to get support from my family to go to school. And my visa was a student visa. So as soon as I stopped going to school, the visa was void. And I had no permit to work in the country, and I, and I really didn't know what to do. So that kind of... I kind of went through this process of 14 years of um, um, a difficult life, if you would. Uh, I think what I had going for me was the fact that I was a teenager and I was a little bit more resilient. Uh, if you asked me, I would send my kid to a different country today, I would say no, uh, partially because of my experience. Because what happened was, since I couldn't work regularly, um, my income was up and down, right? And so uh, sometimes you would eat, sometimes you wouldn't, sometimes I had a place to live, sometimes I didn't. For a while I lived in my car, and sometimes I lived on the street. But don't feel bad, I lived in San Diego. If you want to ever be homeless or you want to pursue that career, San Diego is a place to go, and I could give you some place to go to and, and so you could hang out and stay warm, if that's what you want to do. So in that sense, uh, it was not a bad place to be. Uh, however, it was difficult because growing up as a Muslim, and if you know anything about the faith of Islam, the way you gain God's favor and the way you get to heaven, hopefully, and I mean that hopefully, is that you work pretty much your tail off on this world and try to be good. Try to pray three times a day. You've got to fast one month out of the year. You gotta give, you gotta help, you gotta serve, you gotta, you just, you don't lie, you don't drink, you don't uh, do any drugs, any of that stuff. <clears throat> and 
basically what we call today work salvation, right? You get God's favor. Uh, you gain God's favor. And when you die, and Muslims believe you stand before God, and at that point, God weighs, outweighs the good and bad. And depending on what's going on, uh, you may or may not end up in heaven. The only direct way to heaven for a Muslim is, where you bypass all of this, is if you become a martyr. And that's why, unfortunately, you see a lot of young people strapping uh, explosive to themselves and blowing themselves up because they think, I'm going to go straight to heaven by doing this. And that's a lie from Peter Hale. Because we know clearly, as we just read, uh, the question that Jesus asked, but who do you say that I am? We know that salvation comes through God. You and I as a believer sleep hopefully well at night because we know if we don't wake up the next morning, we're going to be in God's presence because of what Christ did for us, not because of what we are able to do, right? We're saved by what? Grace through faith. Not of any works unless we boast, right? So when you and I stand before Christ, it's not our goodness, it's not our works, it's Christ's righteousness that's been imputed on us. And that's what God sees in you, because all of us and, and die as a sinner, right? I die as a sinner. But when I get to the heaven, Jesus interceding, standing at the right hand of God saying, he's mine, he's mine, he's mine, because of our relationship with him. And that's why that question is so important. Who do you say that I am? And that's a question we have to answer individually. I grew up a Muslim because my family was a Muslim. And I automatically thought, okay, this is what we do. This is who we are, right? It wasn't until I came here that through that 14 years process, as I began going to college, God began to bring Christian men into my life. And I didn't know why. Because as a Muslim, I was... I was raised to not like the Jews, and we have nothing to do with the Christians in that sense. And the idea behind Christianity for Muslim is what we see in the Catholic Church. Uh, they look at Catholicism as Christianity, and uh, they don't understand a relationship with God. They don't understand why God had, sent, had to send his son Jesus to die for the sins of humanity, uh, and, 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 or for that matter, my sins or your sins in that sense. There is no relationship in Islam with God. And you need, we need to understand that because what happens in Islam, Muslims pray. They go to mosque, they pray and all that stuff. But the prayer is more of a one-way street. You pray, you never hear anything back. Because God is to be feared. He lives in the cosmos. He lives in heavens, if you would. And he's just there until we die and go to be with him. In the meanwhile, we're given certain instructions through Quran to follow and do the things that God wants us to do in order to gain his favor. When you tell a Muslim you don't have to do anything, as I was told when I came to know Christ, they're like, what? What do you mean you don't have to do anything? What kind of God is this? They can't understand God's love. Not that they don't want to, they're afraid. Just as I was. What if I'm wrong? See, I didn't grow up not believing in God. When I was exposed to Christianity, the question for me was, who is the true God? And how do I know Jesus is the right God? I don't want to spend another 30 years and then another God will show up. And I'm like, 
you know, by then I'm, I'm about to die. I mean, I want to get to heaven. I, I don't know about you, but I really want to go to heaven. You know, uh, as beautiful as Rapid City is and very close to heaven, uh, I think heaven is a little nicer. And so, uh, and, and, and I think this is the gateway to heaven maybe. Uh, and so, <laughs> but we still want to go to heaven, right? And, and so, um, in that sense, for me, God played a key role in my life because I grew up believing in God. My question was, who is the true God? And throughout these 14 years, these Christian men God brought to my life, they would expose me to Christianity, they share Christ with me, they pray with me, but I would have questions that they can't, couldn't answer. And looking back, part of it was just me coming up with questions. That was silly questions. and They probably uh, were being gracious to me and, and just smiled and just let it go. Um, because the more I was exposed to Christianity, I, the more I began to dig my heel deeper and deeper into uh, Islam, because I honestly believed that was an attack from Satan, that Satan was coming after me, wanted me to deny my faith, and end up going to hell. And, and, but it was further from the truth, right? God was beginning to work in my heart. It wasn't until um, a friend of mine gave me some uh, books in regards to uh, Islam from a historical perspective. There was a side of Islam I had never been exposed to because when you grow up in a Muslim country, they're going to tell you what they want you to hear. They have an agenda, right? They want you to grow up to be a Muslim and continue on the faith and pass it on generation to generation. But I never fully understood the other side of uh, Islam in the fact that where Muhammad came from, where Allah came from, why do they uh, pray toward Mecca, all those fundamental things you need to know. And if I just simply took it by faith that this is who we are, this is what we do, and let's do it. You know, my parents done it, my grandparents done it, they, you know, and my great-grandparents, and I guess I got to carry on the um, legacy in that sense. So when I was given that book, I began to read and realize where, God, where Allah came from, God of the, uh, Islam and Muhammad and some of that history, uh, at that point, God began to soften my heart. And uh, for the first time, I was scared, to be honest with you, began to allow even the possibility of maybe I'm wrong. Because denying Islam was denying my family. Denying Islam is, was denying my identity. Later on, I found out our identity is in Christ, right? And, and so um, I reluctantly uh, opened, but well, not I, but God opened my heart. I, I began to expose myself more and more and allow the uh, Spirit of God to work in my heart. And, and it's truly uh, at that point, uh, I began to have a little bit of understanding of what Christianity was about. I still couldn't understand God's love. I couldn't understand why somebody had to die for me. I didn't think I was that bad of a sinner, at least not as bad as some other people, right? You kind of want to scale your sin on a, on a, on a curve. Well, I'm not as bad as that guy. I'm, I'm good over here, right? So, um, but we know that the Bible says we all have sin and fall short of the glory of God. And we desperately need a Savior. And that Savior comes from outside of us, not from inside of us. And so um, I remember one Sunday after the service is over, I had gone to the church who my friend was pastoring. It's a small church. And after everybody was gone, I went to him and said, I want to pray to receive Christ. And uh, 
there was another deer in the headlight moment for him. He was like, really? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, are you sure? I'm like, really? Now you're asking me if I'm sure I'm, after all these years? I think you would take advantage of the opportunity and pray with me, right? He goes, no, 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 I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. So we prayed, and um, I invited Christ to my heart, but I honestly didn't know what I had done. I, it took me about a couple of years to grasp, uh, just on a basic level, what Christianity was all about, why Christ had to die for me, who I was as a person in that sense. And I remember... I. He encouraged me to get baptized, and I said, oh, it's not going to happen for a while. i, I, I got to have a better understanding. And I remember I got baptized by him, actually, uh, two years later in, in San Diego, in, in the San Diego Harbor. But um, in these two years, God began to bring um, a lot of um, information that I needed to hear and understand uh, about the Bible, who Christ is, uh, gosh, even in Genesis, you know, because if you study Islam, Islam is pretty much a copy of the Old Testament with a lot of different minor changes uh, because they believe in all the prophets. They believe in, uh, they believe in Jesus. Um, and then that's just a question we just read. Who do people say that I am when Jesus asked the question of the apostles? And some say one of the prophets, uh, Jeremiah. And isn't that true today? Muslims believe in Jesus. The Jews believe in Jesus, just don't believe he's the Messiah. Muslims, Muslims believe that Jesus was a prophet. He didn't die on the cross. Somebody that looked like him died on the cross. But that's about it. They get close, but not close enough. Christianity is all about putting our faith and trust in God who loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. The work that did not, I could not understand I don't have to do anything wasn't so much working to get the salvation. My salvation was guaranteed when I began to put my trust and faith in Christ. The works that I was looking for had to do with who I was as a sinner, which we call sanctification now, in that I am in this path now. Remember what do we do at the point of salvation? We ask God to forgive us of our sins and we repent. We turn around, go the other way. And in that path, the struggles that you have with our sins, that's what God wants us to be working on in that sense. And it's, it's interesting because it's not you doing it, it's the Spirit of God working in and through you. I wholeheartedly believe if, you, if someone connects with Christ, truly their heart connects with Christ, invite Christ in their heart, then the actions will follow. You don't have to worry about their actions. And so when I got saved, I began to run into some of these friends and tell them I was saved. And uh, there, would, there were two reactions simultaneously. They were laughing and crying at the same time. Uh, and I remember asking a couple of them, why are you crying? And they said, I'm excited that this happened. I'm crying because you are an answer to prayer. I've been praying for you for 10 years. I've been praying for 14 years. I've been praying for eight years. So my encouragement to you is if there's someone in your life that you've been praying for, don't give up. And the reason for that is their salvation has nothing to do with you and I in that sense. Ultimately, it is God that has to do a work on their heart. Because look at Jesus' response to Simon Peter when he said, Simon said in verse 16, you are the Christ, the son of living God. So he acknowledges Christ as God. And then look at what Jesus said to him. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. 
If God had not revealed that to Peter, I don't know where Peter would have been today. And this is the same man, we're all familiar with Peter, right? Constantly put his foot in his mouth. I, I think if Jesus would have called me, get behind me, Satan, I would have just walked away at that point. It's like, there's no hope for me, right? But yet, unless God did the work in his heart, unless God revealed Christ to him, at that point, the veil removed. Because we see Peter in Acts chapter 2, the same Peter that couldn't save his life, all of a sudden gets up, preaches a message, and 3,000 people come to know Christ. And we notice that Peter doesn't take the credit. He shifts the credit and the direction back to God. So salvation is the work of God, as we know. And so if you're, in, you're praying for someone, please, 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 do not lose heart. Continue prayer on their behalf because often you're the only one who's praying for that individual. And we are to be constantly in a praying and intercede on behalf of others. Because you know what? Where is Jesus today? Sitting at the right hand of God doing what? Praying for us and everyone else in the world. If Jesus interceded on your behalf, on my behalf, how much more you and I need to be interceding? Because God does use us to plant a seed. God does use us to come and water that seed. But the growth and the cultivation has to do with him and his spirit. And so important for us to understand and not lose heart. And, and the fact that God is willing to even do that on our behalf and allow us to be part of his work, to me that's just amazing. That is amazing grace. Because there's no other God in this world that would do that for you. All other religions promise you heaven, but they deliver you to hell. Christ promises heaven and delivers you to heaven. Why? Because he is the one who's doing the work on your behalf. So um, I came to know Christ, and uh, life began to change for me. Um, and this truly has to do with God and uh, I was able to uh, get my uh, green card through uh, some law that was passed uh, during uh, Reagan's administration and amnesty law, and then I was able to become a citizen. Uh, and through this process, I met uh, my beautiful wife. Uh, we've been married for about six, we'll celebrate 16 years actually next month on the September 18th. Men, remember your anniversary. It'll do you a lot of good. <laughs> yes. If, I'm not big on tattoo, but if you want to tattoo it on your arm, that wouldn't be a bad idea either. You'll be happier, man, throughout your life. Uh, she's been an amazing, she's truly godsend. I, at, the, at the point when I met her, I had already given up uh, getting married because I tried and uh, it just didn't work. And let's just leave it at that. And when I met her, she uh, politely and respectfully rejected me. And yeah. Uh, made me chase her for a little bit, but God had a different plan, and it was—it's uh, been an amazing marriage. We have two boys; they're here. Some of my youngest here, and my oldest up there, and and um, it's been an amazing journey. Uh, and of course, there's a lot more into this story, but uh, and I'll be glad to share with you later. But the one thing I want to leave with you in that: uh, never ever lose faith in Christ. He is always there. He loves you and takes you wherever you are. You don't need to get your life right in order to 
receive Christ in that sense. He says, just come as you are. And if this is where we want to be, this is where God has us, we're looking forward to serve alongside what's been happening here all these years. And it's amazing to see the legacy that's going on here. And then we're excited about what God is doing. We've been praying with Ben and the search team, and we're, we'll see what God has for us. Uh, we look forward to getting to know you guys. Would you mind um, bowing your head for a word of prayer with me, please? Father, we thank you uh, for you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that, uh, for the grace that you bestow upon us. But before even we knew you, before we were created, you loved us. And you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us. I pray if anyone's here who's been on the fence about their commitment to you, that you move on their heart, Lord, and open their eyes to your truth. And they would simply invite Christ into their heart and walk with you and serve you in all that they do. Lord, I pray you bless the Rimrock family, Lord. Thank you for the work you've been doing here for years. And we look forward to what you have for them uh, in the future. Bless them. Pour into them your wisdom, your knowledge, your discernment, Lord, as they move forward each day, making sure they're doing what you want to accomplish in and through them. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for this beautiful day. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.